This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about social media and how it's playing its part in the evolution of mental health as far as a lot of people are concerned. But I'm really going to be focusing as far as the research that I've come across between ages 10 to 24. Um, That is a huge age range of people that are highly, highly using social media as well as adults. But it really is affecting the next generation of thinkers and um, it's affecting how people's brains are working and their social interactions their um, mood in regards to behavioral health, mental health, depression, those types of things, critical thinking skills, and even contributing to narcissism um, and just an intense individual focus. So I'm going to get into all those topics and kind of show where the research is supporting that these things are a little bit toxic at this point and just provide my insights as things that have helped me kind of not go down that path or kind of get out of that place if it is something that I have experienced in the past. So social media has led to a huge individual focus. You know, there's such this emphasis of people being like, you are your own brand, you need to sell yourself, blah, 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 all this type of stuff. So, you know, with so many options, you know, of things that can be done in comparison to what our parents or our grandparents had options for as far as jobs, careers, all these types of things, There's so many different options for people to get involved with different things in their life. I know I have a lot of different things that are constantly going on in my life within performing arts, within the health community, within my yoga practice, and just within my interpersonal relationships with my spiritual life, all that type of stuff. I like to keep it really varied, keep an open mind about things. And, you know, when you have so many options it can get to a point where it is confusing or like any decision you make can be a wrong one or somebody else made a better choice than you. You get into this comparison type of thing and, you know, you want to make the best decisions for your current and future situation, whether it comes to jobs, relationships, or even when people think about posting on social media. How is it going to fit into the story of their feed, right? So it influences people's decision-making on so many different levels, and it puts a huge focus on the individual, how they're developing in that way, and how they're projecting it to the rest of the world. You know, people want to feel like individuals. They want to feel different and unique and special, and I feel like this has really come into play so much, which I'll get into a little bit later. But everybody wants to feel unique, and a lot of parents want to make sure that their kids feel a strong sense of self-efficacy, have good self-esteem, that they're able to go through life and have a really healthy experience with you know other people and themselves and have a good sense of self-worth. So that can be Um, a little bit inflated sometimes. And when we're investing so much time into social media and building up that image of ourselves, 
is that going to be balanced with what our actual life is? You know, and is that going to be putting such an intense individual focus on that subset of our psychological self that it's actually taking away from our experience in life as a whole? You know, it can be um, really interesting to look at it from the perspective that although we are really wanting to be all so unique and find our unique voice, which we all have a unique voice. We've all been through very different things in our life that we can all share our own perspective of. And I think that's a beautiful part of social media that it allows people to do that. There are a lot of people that are sharing their authenticity in a way that in a way that they could not share it in the past before. And that's wonderful. However, there is an overarching belief that we are all one. We are all the same in a lot of ways in regards to that. We're all seemingly dealing with a lot of the same struggles. A lot of us go through heartbreak, pain, loss, struggle, emotional fluctuations on a day-to-day or periods of our life type of basis. So we're going through a lot of the same things. We're all human, but finding our uniqueness and investing so much energy into figuring out exactly what we are almost in a way to separate and individuate from other people can get a little bit tricky. When it comes to social media and socialization, there there's a lot of different thoughts about this. There is a lot of research that supports that it is limiting healthy social behavior patterns. There's a lot of research supporting that it is helping people connect with others around the world and learn a lot more. However, there can be a very isolating aspect to social media. One analogy that comes to mind is almost like a prisoner in a solitary confinement cell that is just waiting for their food for the day. That that door opens and it's almost like when you open your Instagram or you open your social media app or you turn on your phone for the day and you want to see what kind of notifications you got. Like that's people's food. That's like their source of validation, their source of self-worth, their source of affirmation is like coming from that. That I don't think is healthy. I think there are a lot of different ways that you can escape that trap that these different you know, mediums can seemingly put you in and to not allow yourself to get trapped in that. A lot of people are prisons of their own. They live in a prison of their own mind and are prisoners of their mind. And the problem with the mind is the mind can lie to you, play tricks on you, tell you all sorts of things. But when you're able to have more influence over your mind than it does on you, that's where you are able to be in a really healthy position when it comes to having a lot of influence over your behavioral, mental health, um, and really access critical thinking skills And focus a lot more on empathy and compassion when it comes to interacting with other people rather than going down a very judgmental, impulsive path. Now, going back to the analogy of being a prisoner of your mind, this can, you know, when they put people in solitary confinement in prison, it is oftentimes to break them. It is to make them succumb and, you know, 
kind of go a little bit crazy. And people can go crazy in isolation when they're there for a very long time. When people are isolated in life, when they get in certain situations in their life, they can flip a switch a little bit and they they change their behavior patterns. And, you know, to some degree, I feel like most people are in a state of isolation in ways that they have not experienced before. And in a way, as a society, we haven't experienced before, even though we are connected more so supposedly now than ever, there is social isolation when it comes to these things. People can be out in a public space, and if you're on your phone, it's almost like an invisible shield, like, no, don't come talk to me, I'm busy type of a thing, and like all of a sudden, that puts up a wall to shut other people out. This happens when kids are growing up, when they're in school, like normally you might be able to approach somebody a little bit more easily, you know, granted, if you're not dealing with loads of social anxiety, which a lot of teens and growing individuals and even adults deal with, but it can be something that even prevents that even further as far as creating a real social connection. There are relationships these days that purely take place on DMs like didn't even meet the person they'd be like oh like I'm in a relationship with this person that lives you know on the other side of the country and all they do is dm and that's their relationship it's like that is so bizarre to like you know a generation where it's like you met somebody that lived in your local town or like went to your high school or something like that you know and like that was a person you were with and now people are connecting with people that they've never even really met before which leads to a lot of different dangers from a social perspective there's a lot of people that in involve themselves or get involved with people that are either catfishing or they get catfished by people and what that is is people will use an avatar or some type of profile picture that is not actually themselves in order to attract attention or interact with a person that um, normally might not even talk to them. Um, This can be really dangerous when it comes to, um, you know, people that are involved in like targeting younger people like if they are targeting minors and stuff I know that I've heard things like this from my own students that when they were on social media they might have been um, some of the young girls might have been dm'd by older men and that is really concerning to me because that's something that really I would never want myself to be suggest subjected to and I'm like grateful that I didn't have to deal with that growing up, but it just puts people in such a vulnerable position where it's like they think now that like there are other men out there in life that like feel that way towards them and it just creates this totally different vibe for their ability to socialize with people in a healthy way. You know, that type of thing would not most likely happen in a public space in an actual physical setting but because it is a cyberspace people feel a lot more inclined to send hate comments uh, be judgmental do a whole bunch of stuff that is really really inappropriate that would normally in real life potentially get them into legal situations that would be horrible so that's definitely a huge concern um you know and i think the current generation is definitely dealing with a lot more mental health issues they're less involved in extracurricular activities they spend a lot more less time uh studying 
Um, and a lot of their socializing takes place on their phones. Many of the current generation are getting married later or not even at all. The, you know, the divorce rate is on the rise because most of the time there is a lot of infidelity. You know, 50% of, of marriages do not make it. And statistically, most of it comes from infidelity. And 40% of the infidelity cases actually take place from social media. So that could be liking another person's post, being in someone else's DMs, um, direct messaging another person over social media. This is something that we see constantly even in celebrity news. And this type of, you know, stuff happens all the time. So it's fairly common and it is having an effect because there's not clear boundary lines drawn on that when it comes to etiquette as much as some people feel like, okay, well, there should be clear lines. You know, I think in the past it was just like you just don't talk to another person's wife and you're not seeing personal pictures of whatever they're posting because that's not out there for anybody to see. But a lot of that is now and it's considered normal. So there's difficult you know, boundary lines when it comes to that stuff that are kind of being crossed all the time. But what that's creating for the youth is kind of more this delayed onset of adulthood. A lot of teens actually are waiting to have sex, waiting to um, drink alcohol until they're in college, which a lot of people could say is a sign of maturity. But then when they get into high school uh, or later years or go into uh, college, it's like going zero to 60 real fast you know, um, getting involved in, in relationships and drinking and partying and all those types of things um, because it's more socially acceptable or they're away from their parents, whatever it may be. Of course, there are there's a lot of still drinking, drug use, and sexual activity happening with minors, which is unfortunate. Um, in my opinion, some people think it's empowering for them and educating and, um, you know, educating themselves about those types of things. I think that it can potentially lead to a host of other issues, STDs, when it comes to socialization in that way. Um, but that's for every individual to decide. And I don't have like strong judgments towards people about whatever their decisions are going to be. However, I think that it is a very personal choice. And I feel like anybody can make the best out of whatever their situation is, regardless of whatever their choices are that they choose to do. So I think but that being said, responsibility has to be taken for whatever choices are made. So that's just where the individual decision-making happens um, in those cases. And, um, you know, I think as much as we want to say that there are a lot of young people that are not getting involved in extracurricular activities or all these types of things. I know I mentioned that, you know, to contrast that, I do have to say that there are many young entrepreneurs and really great young people making a difference, starting nonprofits, starting businesses younger. There's a lot more tools available to the youth in order to do that. And I think there's a lot more excitement around that and a lot more utilization of that than there has been in the past. However, I do think that there are certain things that can be you know, uh, kids don't have to grow up so fast. You know, there is a certain period of time when you're developing into an adult and your brain is developing and that's not something that can be rushed. You know, research points to the brain really not being fully developed until the age 25 or even 35. So, 
that is something to definitely take into consideration. So even though people may want to be acting in adult ways or taking on adult type responsibilities, I think it really is still important to not rush things in that area so that you can have a healthy social life, so that you can socialize yourself in such a way that you can be growing for years to come and allowing that process to just take place a little bit more naturally. I think at the end of the day, even though social media does play such a huge role in our ability to socialize with people online, it is so important to have those social circles in real life. That is something I personally emphasize on very much in my own life. I have people that I get out and I see on a daily basis. I have friends that I talk to on the phone on a daily basis, and it's like, not just surface level stuff, like really talking about what's going on in people's personal lives and understanding and practicing compassion and empathy for what's going on in their life rather than being judgmental or trying to prove like I'm better than them or something like that's not that's not like healthy social skills to do. And, um, you know, I'm going to get to that a little bit later, too, when it comes to narcissism. But for now, I really do want to move on to the next thing, which I want to talk about, which is depression and behavioral health issues. You know, uh, depression affects about 20% of adolescents and teens, um, you know, before they reach adulthood. And teen suicide currently is the third cause of death in the United States uh, before in ages 10 to 24 years old. The causes are, you know, linked to psychological, biological, and environmental factors. So I'm not saying that social media is the cause of these things. However, there has been a huge spike in the instance of depression, anxiety, and stress due to, you know, a lot more people having smartphones, a lot more people being users of social media at a younger and younger age, and that is affecting the demographic of that age range quite heavily. You know, the average time spent on social media on a day-to-day basis for an average person is about 11 hours per day, and people sometimes neglect to remember that it is a physically addictive action to be engaging with social media. It is made that way. It is engineered that way. There are a lot of executives and people that have opened up about this from Silicon Valley and these companies that are developing all this technology that it is meant to be addictive. They want people using it. The more people use this, um, interact on social media, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, the more money these companies make because they are tracking your data that can be sold to companies to market to you. So this is something that they make money from. And it's just important to, you know, use social media with that awareness. And, you know, if you're okay with that, you know, just inform yourself. You know, and it reminds me of my vegan journey too. It's like when I started to consume um, learn more about what how my food was being made and what was going into it. I was like, oh, well, like, I don't really want to eat those foods anymore. I want to find some healthier alternatives. But had I never known what was going on the behind the scenes and slaughterhouses and I didn't see the documentaries and the footage and stuff, 
I kind of just would have been in the dark and I might have been making some choices for my health that may have not been the best, but I've been really happy about the healthy choices that I've been able to make in a balanced way for my growth. And I think people can do the same thing when it comes to social media in regards to having a healthier relationship with the apps and the different platforms that they're engaging with. It's not that these things are bad, but an overuse of anything can lead to issues. So, you know, when I gave my TEDx talk about three years ago, I think the statistic that I discussed was when people used Facebook for more than 20 minutes a day, it led to them feeling depressed because they were comparing themselves to other people's lives. Now we're looking at statistics a day that people are on social media for 11 hours a day. Like, we're wondering why people are having a spike in depression and, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff. Like, this is really serious. Um, You know, I do believe that for the teen and the youth, there should be an increased amount of resources within the home, the school, and the community in regards to helping teens um, and people, like, find solutions to their mental health. I think people want solutions. They want to be a part of a solution. They don't want to stigmatize mental health or be stigmatized for having any type of mental health or behavioral health issues. Because most of the time, it's like they're not alone. And if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you've been experiencing some of these things, know that you're not alone in experiencing that. It's it's not something that's isolated to a very small group of people. It's actually affecting a lot of people. So I think that there are a lot of resources out there. But as a community, as a global community, we can do a lot more to meet the needs of people that are suffering from depression and it's contributing to um, depression because of their use with social media. There could be a lot of different factors. When I'm talking about it and saying it's psychological, biological, and environmental, people could have you know, psychological issues from childhood. They could have been abused in this, that way, or the other. There could be other things that have literally nothing to do with the social media platforms in their past. Biological, there could be chemical imbalances. It could be hereditary and run in their family, and there could be environmental factors that are contributing to it as well as far as where they live, the type of economic status they have that could actually have nothing to do with it. Um, you know, it's different for every single case. However, it is so important to be able to find solutions and um, and find a way to express oneself and make the most of your life without feeling depressed on these platforms. And I think there's definitely a way to do that. And we just have to navigate that a little bit more. You know, I think for me, it's been so important in the past to have some type of a practice in my life, whether I'm in the dance studio or I am taking some time for meditation or yoga or just getting out into nature. I really strongly suggest that people turn off their phone, go out and like turn your phone off, like completely off, not just silence it, but turn it off. That way you really cannot be disturbed by anything that's going on on your phone you know, to go out in nature, to devote yourself to some type of a meditative or um, insightful, mindful practice, and spend time also socializing with another person with your phone completely off. That way you're not 
uh, distracted, checking for notifications, responding to emails or text messages or DMs or something like while you're with another person, but really just giving them full on attention and allowing the conversation to go deeper and deeper rather than remain at like kind of a surface level that's kind of unsteady and not really committed And it allows both of you to just feel a lot safer communicating with one another. And oftentimes, one of the hugest things that contributes to depression is that feeling of isolation, feeling completely alone, feeling um, like you're in so much pain, like nobody else understands you. And when you have that quality conversation and quality connection, which also relates to socialization and a lot of the things I spoke about um, when I you know, just discuss that topic, it is really important um, to have that in your life because it can lead to such higher quality relationships in your life. When it comes to critical thinking, this is something that I think is really, really overlooked. Obviously, we learn critical thinking skills in school most of the time for those of us for those of us who go to traditional school or grew up going to traditional school critical thinking is something that you usually had to deal with on standardized testing um you know in a variety of different topics subjects these types of things it is a really important skill to have in life and i do feel like social media has kind of bypassed people's ability to slow down and really critically think and it's making people have a lot of impulsive decisions that they then can tend to look back on and be like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't the best choice in the moment to do that. This is whether it's purchasing things online, you know, like Instagram and Facebook now have a lot of ads on them, or you can do a lot of shopping and stuff. So when you're in that realm, and you're feeling like, you know, I feel like an internal monologue could be like, oh, like I'm scrolling through Instagram. Oh my God, her dress is so cute. I want something like that. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, look at this. This is some type of a shopping website. I'm going to, you know, look and see what's on here. Oh my gosh, this dress is so cute. I can buy it and then post an Instagram pic in it and I'm going to look so good and I'm going to get likes like she got on that photo. Work. Like this is like what goes on in people's minds and like These companies know they are like putting you in a situation where you're constantly looking around, comparing yourself to what everybody else has, gaining analytics on the type of the things that you like to look at, and then selling you a bunch of stuff that is going to be meeting those types of demographical needs that you want to, you know, indulge in potentially. So when it comes to critical thinking, I think now we're able to look at so many different people's lives online in so many different ways. And at the end of the day, it is so important to have critical thinking skills. You know, let's just say when it comes to exercise, diet, lifestyle type practices, everybody's got something different that works for them. Okay, like everybody has a different body type, shape, ethnicity, diet, whatever, ton of different options out there. Looking at one person, seeing what they look like and seeing what types of results they're getting, this, that, and the other, it does not mean that it's going to work for you and your body. Given your past, the types of foods that you like or that you don't like, there's no guarantees out there. So when you're comparing yourself to another person, there might be certain aspects about them that you love. Like, 
you know, for an example, there might be a person that I listen to or I follow that I'm just like, wow, like they have such a positive attitude. They have great energy. I love their style. I love this, that, and the other. But as far as maybe they are involved in some drug use or I don't really like the kind of music that they like or, um, you know, I wouldn't want to live in a part of the area of the world that they want to live or I might not want to do this, that or the other in regards to their lifestyle. And that's okay. We can appreciate the positives that other people have going on for them and just celebrate that and critically think like, yeah, like, you know, I like these things, but I also don't like these things. And, um, you know, you at the end of the day, choose what you're going to be influenced by, what you're going to allow to influence you in your life. You could be like, that person's doing them great, having a good time. I'm going to keep it moving and stay on my own path. Like I actually really don't feel influenced by anything that's going on there. Um, that really at the end of the day is such a personal decision. And I think sometimes people forget that they have that option or people can get to a point where they feel so defensive you know, like when we're looking at the um, vegan realm, it's just like people get super trolly. They like to go on and be like, but vegan though, <laughs> make all these comments on vegan posts or just get like really defensive about their particular choices where it's just like they could just keep moving. And then it might lead to this whole other dis- discussion that is so far away from veganism, turns into a personal attack on the other person and it just leads to a whole bunch of drama and BS that never needed to be discussed. <laughs> and it's like, did we really need to go there like maybe the person could have done some self-analysis and like looked into their own you know energy first as far as how what they're saying and where it's coming from might affect another person and how it might really come across as negative and it might not even be communicating the message that they're trying to communicate they could be projecting anger onto another person that has literally nothing to do with their issue um you know, they could have had a bad day at the office and their way of dealing with things could just be, you know, writing some hateful comment on a person's post. And it's just like, that's just passing on rather than kind of dealing with your pain and having emotional regulation, which I've done an episode on before, and keeping those practices, you know, and using critical thinking skills to approach that personal problem, it then gets projected out into other um, people's lives. And then they're just like, dude, what did I do to deserve this? Like, this isn't my problem. This is like not even related to whatever I want to post. So, you know, I think that's just really important to be self-aware and, uh, self-critical in a constructive way. And when it comes to critiques, make it constructive. Don't just be like flat out judging somebody just to be an a-hole. Like you can be critical in a way that really helps another person and be like, hey, like, you know, I'm glad whatever you're doing is working for you. I think I have concerns about this, that, and the other um, in regards to maybe they can't afford whatever lifestyle that is. Maybe they don't know how to... um I don't know, make the food or the recipes or they don't have access to whatever's going on in the photo. That could be even to someone's lifestyle that travels so much. It'd be like, wow, I love your photos and the fact that you travel so much. This is not something that, you know, I feel like I'm able to do, but I'd be open if you have to share any tips or something. And that can lead towards a positive discussion instead of just being judgmental towards somebody and being like, oh, like you're so wealthy. All you do is travel all the time. Like, 
you're probably just like get all your money from your parents or I don't know, whatever. Like people can just get really uh, project their jealousy and their own inner issues out onto people. And I just don't think that that's like healthy for social media to be contributing, um, you know, or kind of like affecting people's mental health in such a way where they feel enabled to just like project a bunch of like, you know, hate out into the world. I feel like it can be a great source of connection and a great way to be um, kind to other people as well. You know, I think it is important to remember that it's okay to weigh opinions and um, we might agree with a few things a person does. We don't have to agree with everything a person does. We might agree with one thing a person does and not like anything else that they do. That's fine. (laughs) Like, it doesn't mean that you have to be a rude person. I feel like that karma is going to come back to you in one way or another. So just, you know, keep that in mind. It's not something to be like woo-woo scared about or anything, but it's just important to like keep that in consideration. Um, You know, I feel like it's important at the end of the day to feel really confident in your own decision making. There's so many people online that are just following popular trends without even really having a critical way of thinking about it. One of the things that really gives me a lot of pause as an adult is seeing teenagers post like bikini pics on the internet. I'm like, you do realize there are like pedophiles out there like that may be looking at this. Like, why would you want people to see that? Like, it's just there's not a lot of thinking that goes into it. A lot of the thinking that goes into it with teens, and I'm not saying this is all teens. However, a lot of the thinking that goes into it or where it kind of stops is I'm feeling insecure. I want to post a bikini pic because then I'll get a ton of likes and I'll feel better about myself. What are you going to do three days from now when all of a sudden you're feeling insecure again? Like, are you going to let that manipulate you to the point where those are the actions you're taking for those reasons? You know, I get it if you're like, everybody's going to have their reasons for whatever they want to do. If you're okay with it and you understand the risks and you want to put that kind of content out there, by all means, that is your individual choice. I just think when it comes to that critical thinking, it is so important to not just do whatever everybody else is doing um, to get the validation or the affirmation or whatever, but really do it because that's what you want to do. I feel like more parents need to be raising their children with that in mind to be critical in thinking that way because as you get older and you become an adult you have a lot of options and a lot of choices available to you but what are you going to do because you're going to have to take responsibility for the choices that you make in this life you can't just blame everything on everybody or feel entitled to wanting certain things or thinking it's just going to come easily um You know, I think seeking acceptance, likes, follows, attention, veering away from discovering your personal identity or using social media as a way to push down or numb certain issues that you're dealing with because you just want to take that time to invest yourself or involve yourself in someone else's narrative and kind of like living vicariously through other people's lives is not the healthiest thing to do. I think it's important to have some type of a practice in your life that allows you to be present with yourself because that takes care of your personal relationship and that really strongly affects your relationship that you have with other people. Next, really want to dive into this is narcissism. 
one of the hugest things or one of the biggest things that I feel like is really affecting social media, the whole use of it is narcissism. Now, narcissistic tendencies within the psychological space or when it's discussed in psychology can mean a range of things. Narcissists are technically people who like really hate themselves and can be very emotionally abusive people, not only to themselves, but to a lot of people around them. A lot of their actions rely on control, power, manipulation, and this is like their mode of how they like to work. Now, Narcissus was actually, I think, from a Greek story. It was a character in a story that he was looking for love in all these types of places, couldn't find it, and eventually he saw his own reflection, became so obsessed with it, he fell into the river, and then out of that grew the Narcissus flower. So, how does that relate to social media? A lot of people are getting involved in this thinking of me over we type of mentality. Be like, it's all about me. I want all the attention. I'm the diva. I'm princess. I'm queen. Okay. A lot of this is coming from a self-esteem movement. Parents trying to really affirm their children so much because I think parents of today grew up in a very different time as far as their childhood um, where it was kind of limited as far as, you know, you get to the top and that's who's there and everybody else is like, thanks for coming. You know, you got first, second, third place. Everybody else is like honorable mention type of vibes. Now it's like every kid is special. Everybody is, you know, the greatest child ever type of a thing. And everybody's special and has their, you know, uniquenesses. And like, to some extent, that is true. Every single person is unique. But I don't think everybody needs to inflate their ego to the point where they're like feeling like if they're not the most important person in the room, it's going to be a problem. Um, You know, I think parents of these kids maybe felt low self-esteem when they were growing up and they don't want their children to feel that. And I've seen this happen time and time again where parents are like terrified that their their child is going to be dealing with the same pain that they dealt with growing up as far as being rejected or teased or whatever. It's like, listen, kids are going to tease. Kids are going to judge. I think the most important thing that you can instruct your children to do is to like not give so much weight to what other people say and what they uh, feel about you and to place more emphasis on feeling good in your own skin, not necessarily in such a way where you're better than the other person and being like, this person sucks, you're better than them type of vibes, but being like, you know what, whatever another person says is their opinion, says more about them than it does about you. It's important that you have a self, um, you know, that you affirm yourself with from within, not in such a way where you view yourself as better than someone else or worse than somebody else, but know that you're just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving whatever you want to in your life as anyone else. And that's going to be different from person to person. But to have a healthy perspective on that is so important. And it actually is such an inspiration for why I wrote my first book, which is mainly geared towards children and adolescents called I Am Infinite, which has a ton of different affirmations in there that you can just go and reflect on. And it can really start building that internal narrative within 
of being affirmed from within rather than seeking it so much and really giving so much weight to what other people think about you. You know, and as you get older, people are like, oh, like I have to, you know, someone always is going to like look better than you. Or I've even heard this from other women, too, where they just get really offended that there are so many celebrities out there that are altering their appearance so much because then it affects the beauty industry. It affects how they view themselves and they feel like, wow, now there's this whole different standard of beauty that I have to keep up with. And... um that pisses people off because they're just like, I just want to feel good in my own skin. You have every right to feel good in your own skin and whatever somebody else wants to do doesn't mean that you have to do it. And it doesn't mean that you have to alter anything about yourself. It is a really a choice at the end of the day to feel insecure um, about your own qualities or you can embrace the qualities you have and embrace the other person fully as they are with, you know, maybe they needed to alter whatever they needed to to feel um, more secure in their own skin, but know that that's not what you have to do. There's no one telling you that you have to do that. Um, And even if society is telling you that you should do this, that, and the other to change yourself, at the end of the day, no one can force you into doing anything. And I feel like we are moving towards a time and social media has paved the way for that in a sense that more people are creating a more body positive um, environment. I think the most lo- the most recent cover of Cosmopolitan magazine in London is actually a plus size model. And there's been such a positive reception to that because there's like so many people coming forward and commenting about it and being like, wow, if that was on the cover of a magazine when I was a young girl, it probably would have saved me 25 years of body image issues. And like, thank God this is happening. You know, um, I think it's great that that's happening because it's more about the person's energy that they're giving off and their confidence level and that they're healthy in that aspect at the very least. And, you know, as far as their physical health, I hope that, you know, whatever, that's a personal responsibility that they get to take care of. But it is more about that and embracing that image is just one aspect to a human being and it's not the whole sense of like their worth is not dependent on that and someone can have a great influence and a great positive um presence in another person's life not you know based on how they look i think that that's very very important and i'm glad that that is something that's being more accepted these days Um, I think it's really positive when it comes to, you know, eating disorders, mental health and those aspects of it, because a lot of the super photoshopped edited images can really be a horrible contributor when it comes to mental health in, um, you know, like what we've seen in the past, I think in the 90s and 2000s where models were so insane, not so much in the 90s, but I have to say the 2000s and like that time models were like scary thin like in such a bad way and I feel like that really caused a lot of young women to have contributed to a lot of women having a really negative body image because they were just like wow if that's what I have to do in order to look good that that's then that's not acceptable um also I think one of the other things that I read recently in the headlines is that Nike stores in London Um, or somewhere in Europe, have included plus-size mannequins into their store to be more inclusive to all different body types and not making people that are coming into their stores feel uncomfortable and knowing that there's, um, you know, a mannequin in there that may look 
more like them and be empowered to see like, oh, wow, I feel represented within this brand, which I think is a smart idea um, on many different levels. So, you know, when it comes back to narcissism or narcissism, excuse me, um, it is so important to remember that you don't have to be the best at everything, that it's okay to be good. It's okay to be happy for other people, to not allow yourself to get into a mindset where you feel like jealous of other people because you're given your own unique gifts. Everybody has their thing that they're special at and everybody's going to have their time and that life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. There's a lot of time for all of us to discover our gifts and we shouldn't allow someone else's shining take away from um, anything that we have to offer. You know, we can still offer praise and we can offer affirmation to anybody that's having success in their life and be happy for another person rather than you know, allowing it to take away from anything you have to offer. Um, the issue with narcissism being so prevalent is that a lot of people are into self-promotion. Everybody's like very, very focused on that. And it does affect relationships. You know, one of the things that can make people it can make it very difficult for people to have healthy relationships if you have a narcissistic type of personality is that initially things might start off great. You might have a great connection with a person, but as that you know relationship continues, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, rather than it leading towards more empathy, more compassion, more intimacy, it starts to lead down a path of being very controlling, manipulative, and unhealthy and you know it just leads down to a toxic place so and you know there can be elements if you're working with extremely manipulative people where some of those aspects of empathy and intimacy may even be interwoven but when it comes to healthy conflict resolution and having a healthy connection with somebody being manipulative controlling and um kind of going down that path as far as those things, it's just not the healthiest. So that's just something to be really aware of in with your relationship with yourself and other people. Are you feeling like you need to be in control all the time? Are you feeling like you need to manipulate a person in order to get a result? Are you not okay with just letting things be? Think about it like this. Like, are you able to be in a flower field and see a bunch of beautiful flowers and just appreciate the beauty? Or do you feel like you need to pick a whole bunch of them and have it for yourself? And if you don't have them, then that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's like sometimes you just need to allow things to be what they are and not need to do anything to it. Like that's kind of a practice in meditation and just being rather than needing to do things to manipulate a situation for your desired wants and needs. Another thing that can happen is the the relationship when it, when you're with a narcissistic type person is that it can get very materialistic rather than um be present in your relationship with the person. Like 
external things outside of the relationship become more important than the relationship itself. Another thing that contributes to narcissistic type tendencies is that people crave the sort of environment where people see and treat them how they want to be seen. And, you know, that's not something that always happens in the real world because we don't always have that stage to do that. But in social media, you can put whatever kind of image of yourself out there that you want to, and it could be as far or as you know, true to the truth that it is in real life. And, um, you know, this is something that happens in performing arts all the time. (laughs) You got costumes, makeup, lighting, music, scene, decoration, all this type of stuff. And you're, you have a captive audience that's looking just at you. And a main issue that a lot of performers have is they go on stage, they do their performance, they take on the character, they live their lives. On the stage, they receive a ton of praise, yeah, from the audience, and then they go home to wherever they are, and they might be alone, or they might be within their regular type of environment, and they don't have people doing their makeup and cheering for them and telling them they're so amazing. You know, they go from people being all over them and giving them so much positive energy to being in isolation. It's such a stark contrast. And I think it takes a lot of emotional strength to deal with that and be like, you know what, I don't need that in order to be happy within my own skin. And I think this is something that I've heard a lot of performers talk about within the acting, dancing, singing, any type of performing arts realm, where they go from that type of environment into isolation and that's what can contribute to intense depression drug issues, where they're seeking that high again, um, seeking that attention or that they need the focus constantly to be on them. And that can be what contributes to things going down sort of a negative path. So it's important to, at the end of the day, be able to be good with yourself and not be even hypercritical because Sometimes when you're so hard on yourself, which is another characteristic of narcissists, they can be so hard on themselves to the point where nothing's ever good enough. And that's not really the best for anybody either. You know, I think when we look at leaders, leaders bring other people up. Right, You have to be that leading energy in your own life, you know, even if you don't have someone else to do that. At the end of the day, we have to be responsible for our own energy and what we bring to the situation, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, whatever it may be. So good leadership comes from bringing other people up, bringing people with you when you're doing things, not just telling people to, what to do and being controlling and manipulative in that way. There may be aspects of control when it comes to leadership, but it's important to use that in such a way where it's healthy and you're actually creating positive change with that. And it's not in such a way that is abusing people or manipulating people in a negative way, um, but really helping them to bring out the best within themselves in the most positive way possible. So that is kind of what you have to use that leadership type energy within your own life and over your own, you know, use that influence over your own emotions, behaviors, and patterns and habits to be happy for other people. A good leader can be happy for another person, even if they're not the one getting the credit. 
You know, how many people um, are CEOs of companies and they don't forget to thank everybody who helps the company get to where it is. It's such an important part of being a good leader. Don't forget all of the different aspects, all the different habits, all the different people in your life that have helped you get to where you are because you haven't done it alone. Never forget that. As much as people want to say, oh, I've done everything by myself and no one's ever helped me with anything, that's not true. Humans are social creatures and we depend on one another. We depend on having compassion and empathy for one another. We depend on having intimacy. And it's important to have an interdependent relationship with people. That way we are comfortable giving, receiving um, those types of things to ourselves and others in a healthy and functioning way. I think how social media has kind of manipulated this is that people become so focused on comparing their lives to other people that they don't even really know. They get very focused on this type of energy like, oh, this person posted that and the other and like, I'm better than them and who do they think they are and all this. Like all these types of just like negative thoughts come It's so funny to listen to, but it's so true that like this is what comes up in people's minds. And I think it's just important to be aware of those thoughts and be like, all right, it's kind of funny that my mind's going there, but I'm just going to flip that around and uh, not go there. Take a U-turn or take a left turn or right turn. Just go any other direction rather than go down that path because it's just not positive. Um you know, I think it is so important to remember that there's always going to be someone else out there that's better than you, prettier than you, better looking, has bigger this, bigger that, smaller this, smaller that, more of this, less of that, whatever. There's always going to be somebody out there that has a little bit more or less than you. And the best thing you can do is to humble yourself and be grateful for what you have. Because if you go on social media and you're able to be happy for other people, celebrate other people's success, rather than get into a comparison trap where you're just going down this path of being like, oh, this person's life is so perfect and like, I hate my life and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you deserve to love your life and be thankful for the things that you do have. The thing is, is if you even own a smartphone, you have so much more than most people in the world have. And that can be such a tool for you if you're able to use it as a tool to help other people process your own stuff that you're dealing with so that you're able to be a positive influence in people's lives. Use it as a way to turn those social media relationships into social real life relationships. That is, I feel like, a huge key when it comes to socialization and overcoming the depression you know, um, overcoming narcissism and such an individual focus, take the friendships and the connections that you build on social media and make them into real life friendships and develop that from there. Because the great thing about social media is you can connect with people that have very similar interests and lifestyles and things like that. And, And even, you know, obviously some differences and you can create real life relationships from that. You know, we're built as humans, for we're social creatures. We've evolved to live in communities and social societies. We're not supposed to be isolated and just thinking about ourselves all the time. 
we have to do things that are going to be able to contribute and give back to society in such a way that's really helping. So even though social media is not going anywhere, I think I'm hoping that I touched on some important topics when it comes to mental health in the sense that they can, you know, hopefully sit in your mind like little seeds and allow positive things to come out of your use with this platform. And if you catch yourself going down these roads, be like, oh, okay, I know what's going on here and I'm not going to allow myself to get sucked into that trap, but really be positive about all these different areas of your life and really take that time for yourself. It's okay to log out, you know, it's okay to turn off your phone and give that undivided attention to yourself, whatever you're doing or that other person in your life. That way your relationship with yourself can flourish and those other connections that you have with other people can flourish as well. Remember that there's no requirement to be on social media. If you don't want to be on social media, you don't have to do anything you don't want to when it comes to that realm. And don't feel pressured or influenced to do anything that you wouldn't really want to do or that you feel uncomfortable with to the point that is like pushing beyond your comfort zone in a place that feels really, really negative. You know, I think that we can use these types of things to go out of our comfort zone in such a way that is healthy. But when it comes to a place of going beyond your comfort zone in such a way that's really just not good, whether you're getting a negative message or type of weird interaction with people, know that you can cut it off. You can, you know, reject that type of stuff and keep yourself safe. Um, you know, also when it comes to mental health, make sure that if you do need to reach out for help, that there are a lot of people out there online that want to help you. There are phone lines, there are text lines, there are different accounts that you can follow even on social media that are dedicated to mental health and helping with all these different areas and things that I talked about. So look for the positives that you can and help yourself not just run away into the woods forever and be like, okay, like I'm never using this again. <laughs> like it's wonderful to take retreats and breaks from it. I've done it myself and currently am. However, it is so important to be able to integrate it into your life in such a way that is healthy, that is within the boundaries that you're comfortable within so that you can be integrated with it to an extent, but it's not taking over your life into a place where it is not healthy or helpful. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 